The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Shag and Flies. We have yet another great episode for you, I know. It's hard to believe we have so many great episodes in a row, but we do have another great episode for you today. Our guest was Chelsea Ladd, who uh, you may know as uh, the founder and a writer at Dugout Dish. She also does some writing uh, with us at Pitcherlist, and uh, her day job is as a sports reporter for the Paducah Sun in Kentucky, covering a lot of local uh, sporting events, high school, college, sports, minor league games, things like that. She is wonderful. It was a blast to have her on the podcast, and I'm so glad we got to have this conversation with her. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Chelsea. polar vortex i don't know cold <laughs> cold cold flash yeah that's so bizarre so wait so so you have uh you have a new job now don't you chelsea i do yeah I actually got my business cards today so i was just like yeah, I don't know you. if i'm more proud that i'm adulting or that i've reached <laughs> that level in sports that i have my own card like i don't yeah, know so so I don't know. I only know a little bit about the new job based on what you said on Twitter. But tell me about it. What are you so, What are you doing now? I am a full time sports reporter for my local newspaper, the Paducah Sun. I mostly cover high school sports, um, which I love because I feel like they don't actually get enough focal, like focused on them. Hmm. It's all college and up. You know, yep. so these kids. Yep. These are. These are the kids of the future, so being able to cover them is really exciting. And any any local sports stories that come along, I get to cover that. So I finally made it to to where I would like to be. It's yeah, coming, but it's here. That's that is amazing. So you are a full time paid sports reporter. It's the gig. Yep. And actually, that is a great uh, segue. I definitely didn't set that up on a tee to segue into <laughs> what I want to talk about because you mentioned it's been a long journey mm-hmm. for you. And I would like to kind of back it up a little bit and talk about that because 
you worked for about eight years in the healthcare field. Yep. Which, uh, brief healthcare nerd moment. I work in, uh, I, I don't work in healthcare. I work in healthcare journalism. Oh, wow. Which is, uh, yeah, I work for the advisory board daily briefing. Super fun. Um, <laughs> but every now and then I'll run into a doctor who like actually reads the daily briefing. But other than that, <laughs> all the readers we have, we have a few hundred thousand readers and they're all just numbers. I've, <laughs> I've met so oh, yeah. few people who actually read it. Isn't that just to pivot for a second. Isn't that the weirdest thing about writing online is yeah. like you write something, you put a whole lot of effort into it, research, you know, all this thought, and then you just hit like submit. And then, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, like, maybe you get a comment or, like, a couple likes on Twitter or something. But other than that, you have, like, some analytics maybe that say, like, you know, 2,000 people read it. And you're like, cool. But, like, it just, I, was, I don't know. It's so weird. I, I always yeah. look at, like, uh, when I post, um, oh, crap. I forgot. Is it, is it, what is the correct pronunciation? Is it GIF or GIF? What's is it gonna kill? It's gif. gif. No, it's gif. I know I've only I really should know this by now. It well because it's I freak out about it so much because I I know people exactly and I know this, which is why I get like flustered and then I can't remember which is which, and I'm like, oh my god, am I about to get like slapped through the screen or something? Graphics, Uh, not graphics. (laughs) (laughs) It should be though. Uh that's how it no, and that that was one of the crazy things when I started putting stuff online was putting putting one in an article <laughs> and a then we had like what <laughs> are those things a uh in, into an article and then you can see actually it's got like you know like 960 views or whatever like, yes oh, so that is like, oh, uh, kind of cool little pictureless secret that is the only way i know how many people have looked at my article <laughs> because try as i might nick never has and never will tell me the analytics on any of my articles yeah. for good reason for good reason because he doesn't want it to be about the clicks oh yeah so you worked for uh, eight years in mm-hmm. the healthcare field, and clearly, as we just said, you don't work in the healthcare field now. In fact, you stopped working in healthcare around like 2019. I want to say um, um, these notes are old, so <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> COVID actually, you would think I would go headfirst into the medical field when COVID started, but I actually lost my job due to it and so Ah. that was that was kind of the blueprint to just say let's go for it and i'd already been a stringer for the newspaper and a radio show so i was like you know what let's just dive head first into this and well a year later i can say it was successful interesting so Tell me a little bit about, so then I want to hear a little bit more about that. Like the, so you, you lose your job as a result of COVID and it's not easy to then make a complete career pivot. Oh yeah. Because I mean, that's like one of the hardest things. Like it would be natural for you to say, okay, you know, I did eight years in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Let's go find another healthcare job. Um, but what, what, what really had you like, inspired you to commit to like no i'm gonna make this pivot it's gonna happen and then what did you what was your next step like dude was that something that you were kind of waiting for a sign and you, you're like you lose the job you're like okay is it i need to do it or was there a lot of thinking like i don't know what i'm gonna do what what was that process like well 
when I started, or in 2019, I started my website, Dugout Dish, and I'd always wanted to be a sports writer, but, you know, just the way life is sometimes, it doesn't work out that way, and so I went into the medical field, but, um, so I started stringing for the Paducah Sun in 2019 when I was still working for a podiatry office, and to make it better for me because I was wearing myself down. I would go in at 7.30, leave at 4.30, then go catch a game and be there until God knows when. So I switched to an ophthalmologist and we only worked four days a week. I didn't really have a position. I was kind of the receptionist and like a backup tech, which I'd been a medical assistant for years. So it was, it was a weird transition for me because I wanted to be able to help. And I was just, you know, standing there twiddling my thumbs, answering phone calls. So I, I worked as a stringer and then that December, a local radio show came in and they were, they were DMing me. They're like, Hey, you know, not many people around our area are actually doing that or doing what you're doing with dugout. We'd love to have you on, especially with you stringing high school sports. That's what we covered. So I, I went on their show a few times and they offered me a job to help with their social media, help with the radio show and write for them. Well, I went from three jobs before COVID to only having the radio show around, well, once COVID happened. Right. So we couldn't even really talk about anything. We had nothing going, no sports. So we were just kind of pulling things, whatever we could. But I continued to work on Dugout Dish. I mean, it was just me. I wasn't getting paid for it. I wasn't, you know, it was just me trying to get my work out there. And thankfully, Prospects Live and Picture List came along and were like, hey, we like what you're doing. So um, that was that was a nice little moment in the middle of a pandemic. But oh, were you recruited by Picture List? I, I kind of I kind of got a little DM. You know, kind of like, hey, nice. wow, so I was Risque. interesting. I was very. <laughs> I was like, hey, that, yeah, I would love to. That's so I will, I I don't, I'm not privy to all of Nick's hiring practices, (laughs) but I will say that most of the time, most of the writers we have applied to Pitcher List rather than were recruited by Pitcher List. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's very cool that that it does happen. I've, I've had a few conversations with Nick in the past, and this was like years ago when we were really small. More, more often it was when he was like, oh, I saw this guy on Reddit. He's fantastic. We should go see if he wants to write for us. But now that we have, you know, somewhere between a hundred to a hundred thousand yeah. writers, uh, <laughs> that, that happens a little less. It's, it's in that range. It's like a hundred to a hundred thousand. It's definitely not above a hundred thousand. I know yeah. that for sure. I know, but, I know yeah. Andy and Michael Ajito had a big part in helping me with that. So, uh, Awesome. I, I owe them a little credit too. Is this now the fourth time that Ahedo this is the weekly? This is the weekly Michael Ahedo, Michael Ahedo mention. Congratulations, Mikey! God, you, you're, is, you're back on. You're back on. This the is. I, I'm not even joking. Mikey's come up like this is the fifth time. Either four or five, depends yes, on whether we include. 
depending on whether we include the episode that he was he was actually on right which is now more than half of our total episode i just i love that inevitably he comes up it's so funny yes mikey's the best he's he's um, wonderful yeah so tell me tell me a little more about dugout dish and what the origins of that were and uh what inspired it and led you to really start like you said putting your work out there uh in that forum well this gets a little dark but in 2019 my dog passed away um oh yeah in 2018 i went through a divorce and then 2019 i lost my dog very tragically he hemorrhaged out and um I used baseball as a grieving technique, just kind of, you know, always liked, I always wanted to write and baseball and writing are my two loves since I was young. And so I annoyed everyone around me because I literally just wrapped baseball around me like it was a security blanket and I started writing. I never missed a game on MLB TV, like anything I could get a hold of. Went to indie league games, went to, like summer collegiate games, anything just to help me. And so July of 2019, we were camping, my parents and I, and we're in the middle of the woods and it was all star week. So I was just like, I was like, okay, you know, I've been doing this. I'm just kind of writing to myself, following all these accounts on Twitter. Like maybe I can do this. And my parents were like, you know, just, Go after what you want to go. If we know how much this means to you. We know your dream is to be a writer. It's never too late. And so I got back home from the woods. Actually, during the home run derby, I was running around the campground trying to get service so I could watch Pete Alonzo win it all. That was the Pete Vladdy one, right? Yes, or- that was the best. So I was just running around. I know people like around us camping were just like, what is that weird girl doing? Like, why is she running around with her phone in the air, like yelling, go Pete? Like, what is she doing? So <laughs> when I got home, I created my website. And at first it was focusing on major league baseball but i have a big passion and love for independent baseball so and i'm also like 45 minutes away from one of the teams in the frontier league so i was like you know i want to i want to do a lot about them on there so dugout is pretty much just a hodgepodge of all levels of professional baseball right now there is we're i'm working on maybe like a revamp not well revamp, but like just dugout dish 2.0 for this spring. But life and work has kind of been like, hey, we're gonna be in warp speed right now. So I haven't had a chance to start that yet. But dugout is my baby, and I I wouldn't be where I'm at today without it. I I used my first piece in my resume to this little office clerk job at the sun at the newspaper in 2019. And I was so scared for them to read it. I was just like, Oh God, like, I don't know if it's even good. Like it was called Jesus loves baseball. And it was about Christian day at Bush stadium. And they were like, you know, we, we don't know if you're fit for this office clerk job, but would you want to be a stringer for us? So do a little freelance. And I was just like, Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like I thought you, whew, 
Okay. Yeah. I, I think I cried. I think I've cried every time they've called, like given me a chance, but, um, cause it's they're still, ev- they're eventually going to be like, All right, this, this lady cries like, every time. I do. You can, my boyfriend's in the back. You can like, I, I am a weepy mess most days. Just I'm that person. But, like, I think a- that's, I think that's a good thing because, uh, I have known, I mean, I was raised by the opposite, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, you know, you're a, you know, an Android and, uh, I would, <laughs> I have found that the people, I think the people who are weepy messes are a lot more in touch with, uh, their feelings and are generally like healthier <laughs> mentally than the people who are like dry eyed robots. Yeah. I am definitely, I'm a sap. And I mean, I, I I got misty eyed over Joe's no hitter the other night for for the Padres. Like I was just like, oh, yeah. You know, I, I have found it's so funny. So because I I grew up in a like very emotionally repressed family, it took a long time for me to learn to like be more emotionally expressive. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that helped was you know I have two kids, so that that helped a lot. Oh yeah. And having a wife who is you know extremely emotionally expressive. So. Um, but I have found ever since I've kind of, you know, been more healthy and expressing emotions that you can get teary eyed about the weirdest stuff. Oh yeah. Like, like something random happens and you're just like, it's so nice. I I just, I, I remember there is a video to this day when I, there was, um, I want to say they were on Jimmy Kimmel long time ago. You two comes on Jimmy Kimmel. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're doing some concert, and they set up this thing where they had a gospel choir in the crowd of the show, and so they're like, "Hey, we're going to do a song." So they start playing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which is like mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs ever. And they start singing it, and then all of a sudden, like near towards the end of the song, people start standing up in the crowd, oh, wow. and you get this whole gospel choir singing this, and then they cut out the music. And it's the gospel choir with the crowd. Everyone's standing. Everyone's singing this song. And like, you know, it's a gospel choir. So everyone's singing yeah. their like butts off. And it's just every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is just it is. I don't I can't even quantify what it is. It's just moving. It's just yeah. seeing seeing a hundred people all singing together and and being really into it. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a moving experience, and I don't even know why. But yeah, I I totally get that. I I totally get that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely that person that cries in the movie theater over the smallest scene. I'll just like. <gasps> I think many of us are in this side of the pandemic. I got home. I was really really drunk on Saturday night after I got home from the bar, and I was listening to to I Know the End by Phoebe Bridgers, and I was just starting bawling oh. my eyes out. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell she's saying. I don't know why I'm like I'm upset right now, but I'm upset. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She has that <laughs> way does, about her. She does have Dude, that affect. It's Phoebe, true. But if you, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like I you, that's one thing about the pandemic that I think is. I kind of like as someone who's also like, you know, weepy and high maintenance uh, is that it's <laughs> it's been I feel like much more so than a year from now. It's more acceptable to be yeah. kind of on the surface and open with the emotional ups and downs that come with our everyday experiences. 
Um, whereas, I don't know, it feels like we kind of, at least me personally, maybe I think a lot of us kind of needed that excuse to be like, oh, it's a pandemic, you know, yeah. to justify oh, you know, yeah, feeling that way sometimes. But now it's like, oh, you know, actually, we should just kind of be expressive like that. Yeah, well, I mean, Most that was it's always been kind of a very American thing is uh, yeah. relentless optimism mm-hmm. and like never being down. And I think the pandemic has kind of let us have a moment where we can be down and it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, because everyone is just beat to death by this thing, it's everyone's just sad and stressed and tired. Mm-hmm. and you know and so it has kind of allowed us to feel that which i think which i think is you know a good thing it definitely is it's but, it's had it's it's had it's mostly been just a downfall yes i mean yes we should make that clear that we are not suggesting the pandemic really, is good there have been really great moments for, yes for I, personal achievements for so many otherwise yeah, that's ugh. Yes, it has. I, it has. The pandemic has, on the whole, been terrible. But I, I, I always hesitate to categorize things in in mm-hmm. a very black and white way. As like this oh, is yeah. just holy. It is terrible, or it is good. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always, there's this old, um, there's this old. I want to say it's a, a Buddhist proverb, where uh, you know, a story of a, a man um, has owns a a farm that is very profitable and he has, you know, a whole lot of horses and his neighbors say, you must be so happy. This is so great. You have so many horses. And the man says, "Uh, who's to say what's good or bad. Mm -hmm. And then one of the horses uh, kicks his son over and uh, his son breaks his arm and his neighbors say, Oh, you must be so upset that your son's arm is broken. He's injured. And the man says, who's to say what's good or bad. And then a war breaks out in the country and uh, young men are drafted into the army, but the man's son is not drafted because he's injured and everyone comes to him and says, Oh, you must be so happy that your son is not being drafted into this war. And the man says, who's to say what's good or bad. So on and so on. You know, it goes on forever. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of the attitude I try to take towards it. Uh, Not a, a purely dualistic view towards it, but yeah, First. complicated, man. <laughs> that's, and that's, good, great, yeah. good things, good <laughs> things, and awful things happen at the same time and as a function mm-hmm. of each other every single day. And uh, we're just doing our best to to make the most out of it. But oh, yeah. you must yeah, be man. you must be really excited to have a full season, then like a full year of being a real full time oh, yeah. reporter now coming up, right? Yes, we are in the heart of baseball and softball here locally. And this week has been really cool because I'm actually covering the high school that or the baseball team that my boyfriend coaches or he, he has the, the, the freshmen, he has the little ones. So I'm covering varsity, but it's still like his, his group. So it's been really cool. So I have them the whole week. And then this Saturday I will spend my day at a track at my old high school for their track invitational it's supposed to rain, and I do not have a really good track record. Hey, track, go figure. But I do not well have done. a really good well record done. with any running event and rain. Like two years ago when I was just freelancing for the newspaper, I had to cover cross country, and I had bronchitis, so I was just like not feeling it anyways. But it was a torrential downpour 
the entire time. The kids were like falling, covered in mud. And I was just like, can we please? Can we please don't yeah. fall? Yeah. It was, they were the actually day. falling? That's terrible. Yes, like, it was so bad. Like I, It will be a day I never forget and never want to relive. So I'm just oh like, God. you know what? If it rains Saturday, I'm you just I'm gonna so get like a few pictures and just be like, peace. Yeah, I'll that's probably. This, I'll wait for this, like the results online. I'll wait and see what. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Um, so, anyways, I so I want to I want to go back. So uh, you get COVID happens. Not a whole lot's going on with this mm-hmm. radio job. And you submit a dugout dish article to the paper. They want you to be a stringer. Uh, what's what's ha- what happens from there? I think that's where we left off. What's what's next after that? So the radio came after the stringer job. Um, right, right. And then with everything going on with the pandemic, I, I kind of got to cover a few games in the fall, but... We didn't know what was happening with basketball and the future of winter sports. So I was laid off. So I went from three jobs at the beginning of 2020 to none by December. Oh my God. Um, so I started asking around on social media. I was like, Hey, if anybody will pay me to write something, I will write it. I, I remember that because I yeah, think I sent me a DM. I sent you that freelance writing gig yes. site, which uh, which is I will say I don't know if you looked at it, but it's very hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to use it when I freelanced um, pre pitcherless days, and uh, you would get you would get some good gigs. Like I I got a job writing um, bar trivia questions. Oh wow, that was a great great that yeah. yeah, that's where that came from. I it was I I got paid two grand for. Uh, a thousand questions. That's amazing. It was fantastic. Now, two dollars a question. Holy, yeah, dude. That's that's a rate and a half, man. Yeah. It was beautiful, and it was a six week <laughs> contract. So, but here's the here's the thing, though. Here's here's the one caveat. I had to write five hundred questions on trains and rail travel, oh. and five hundred questions on theme parks. So, <laughs> so that's really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's too fun. That's why like, I <laughs> You get through a hundred questions on trains and rail travel and a hundred questions on roller coasters and like you deserve and you're like, Oh god, I need four hundred more. <laughs> Bet you went so, down some yeah. nice Wikipedia rabbit holes on intermodal oh, yeah. rail well, travel. It was, yeah. I honestly the pattern I ended up doing was just like if you're riding on the blah 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 roller coaster, what theme park are you in? And so I just like <laughs> it was, and it's all multiple choice. So, but then also on that site, you'll find like the really weird. Uh, I mentioned on our episode with Janice about the uh, wealthy people support group oh, ghost yeah. riding gig that I saw, oh. uh, or the uh, or the the pe- uh, you get a million people who are just like, I got a great idea for a movie. I just need someone to write the <laughs> script. Like, no. <laughs> So, so this went better for you, Chelsea, than it, than it yes. could have, I guess. Yes. yes. So I, um, there was actually a sports reporter job that came up for the Paducah Sun, and I applied for it. But unfortunately, by the time I'd got my application and resume in, that someone had already been hired. So I was just like, oh, well, that's how it goes. Um and I got an email from one of the, so the newspaper I work for is a part of a giant media group. They have 
they have places all over, like, they even have them in Louisiana, they have them in, like, West Virginia, it's nuts, but, um, the, one of the branches here locally in one of our little towns, um, the editor messaged me and was like, hey, would you be interested in stringing, and I was like, well, you know, yes, of course, so I worked for the Marshall County Tribune Courier from December until the beginning of this month. I covered only two schools and I really got close to those teams. Like I just covered basketball. That was it. But it was amazing. It was very rewarding. And one of the teams I actually covered, they're a Christian school and they're a very small Christian school up until, well, they'll be able to play district games next year and be like in the tournament. But for a while they were just playing teams like because they weren't that great. But this year they were, they were really good. And just being able to connect with those kids, the coaches to see a freshman score her 1000th career point. I mean, she is only in ninth grade. Like that is just amazing. And that's that's amazing. Yeah. She is going to be an unstoppable force. Um, a senior on the boys team, he I was there the night he got his 1,000th career point. So just being able to see that and talk to them about it, that was that that makes the job worthwhile. And at the beginning or at the end of March, the main editor for the paper I'm at now, he called and said there was a position coming up. And he wanted to know if I was interested in it. So I was like, of course, I am more than interested. And I got off the phone. My boyfriend was like, what's wrong with you? That's one of those weepy moments. And I kind of leaped into his arms. I was like, oh, my God, there's a position coming up. And so I went after it and got it. So now I'm finally able to cover high school softball and baseball because last year I didn't get to do any of it. I'm like, I've waited I've suffered through cross country in the rain and football <laughs> and soccer. I love volleyball. I played it. So I was like, I understand this, but I've like written about all these sports that like I had to hurry up and relearn because it'd been so long just to, you know, make it to my two sports that I know like the back of my hand and then COVID took them away. But this year I've got it. I've got them and each time I have to pinch myself because I'm just like, this is, are, are we, are we sure this is really happening? Like it's, in, it's insane. And like, like I said earlier today, I got my business cards and I'm just like, I sent a picture of it to my mom and she was like, I better get one. And I'm like, you're going to get one. I promise. I love that. That's beautiful, though. Um, what is it, I'm curious, that draws you to, I guess I was going to say high school stuff, but not even just high school stuff, minor league stuff, um, you know, independent ball stuff. It seems like you really kind of have a nose for some of this, the the sports that are not necessarily under the the bright professional lights that are going to get uh you know, all of the, all of the internet conversation and all that stuff. So what's, um, you know, kind of what draws you to high school stuff and that whole, that whole vibe? Um, I was a high school athlete. I played softball. I played on the varsity team from seventh grade to my senior year. 
and we weren't that we weren't very good clearly if I was the starting pitcher as a seventh grader but um I my entire life I was all about sports all about softball and I wanted to play baseball but I was a girl you know you know how that is but um I I didn't because my team wasn't so great we didn't get the kind of coverage that I want to be able to give the teams, even if they're not great. You know, I want to be able to highlight these kids because for some of them, once they graduate, this is it, you know, they'll go on and to adulthood and relive their glory days. Like I do every time I'm covering my old softball team, you know, I'm just like back in my day. Cue the Bruce Springsteen. It makes me feel really old because the like, <laughs> seniors are like we're in diapers when I were well, no, they weren't in diapers. I'm not an adult yet. But anyways, um <laughs> it just I I like being able to highlight these kids. Like I just I went to a signing yesterday at a school that's almost an hour away from where I live, but you know, this guy he's gonna go play college baseball and just being able to talk with him and talk to his mom and to see how excited she was for her son. You know, he'd been playing the game since he was four and I got to talk to their coach and he's one of the backbones of that team. So just being able to highlight him, of course, my, my boyfriend played high school baseball. I played college baseball. So, you know, just being able to maybe highlight somebody that was like him also is what I have to do. And as far as independent baseball and minor league baseball, I have friends that play in minor league baseball and I know it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's, it's a stepping stool, but it's not the greatest. And I know how hard they work and I, I want to be able to highlight what they do. You know, a lot of them will never be a household name. And if I can just get them in the spotlight, even for one tweet, you know, just to get the conversation started, then I've done my job. But independent baseball has always had my heart because it was the first professional baseball game I ever went to. Um, My parents took me to an Evansville Otters game. I thought it was Major League Baseball. My dad had to correct me about 15 times. And then when it was time to get my ball with the actual mascot of Evan the Otter on it, I chickened out and my poor father had to go stand down there with all the little kids and get the ball signed by players. (laughs) So being able to have that tie with the otters from 2002 until now, like I I've written multiple pieces on them. I'm, I'm friends with people within the organization and it's just a full circle moment for me. And, um, the miners, the Southern Illinois miners, they're 45 minutes away from my house. I actually have to go get my car serviced at the Volkswagen dealership across the street from their stadium. So it's like, well, you know, I'm just up here. So my yeah. car, he's, he's getting fixed. I'm just going to go to the ballpark. I'll see y'all when I see you. So just, it's, it's a different feel from major league baseball. It's, it's, oh simple. yeah. And I've always said I feel like independent baseball and minor league baseball can ultimately grow the game because that's where it begins. And it's more accessible to fans. It's 
especially independent baseball, like me and my parents could get into a minors game for under 30 bucks. Like that's beautiful if you have kids and they have things oh, yeah. in between innings for the kids. Like they make it fun and they make it where kids actually fall in love with the game. Like they can go talk to yep. the players afterwards instead of, you know, you might get away from your favorite major league baseball player. So I'm always. Yep. That's, that is a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I love that about the miners too. Like I, I grew up mm-hmm. going to the Bowie Bay Sox, which are near me. That's the Orioles Double A affiliate. Yeah. They're like I, you know, they were twenty minutes from my house growing up, and I went to you know a thousand of their games because it's so cheap, mm-hmm. and they have like this whole playground set up for the kids where like during the game, you know, the kids get bored, they go to the playground and ride the merry-go-round they have and. <laughs> play around and all that when it's right in it's in right field basically so you can still see the game if you're a parent and i'll i don't take my 10 year old i will take to an orioles game because he's Mm -hmm. 10 and he can he'll sit and watch my five-year-old no way i I will take (laughs) an orioles game but i will take him to a bay Sox game Mm -hmm. one because it's you know less less of sort of a sunk cost if i'm yeah I, if we leave in the sixth inning because he's like wanting to run laps or whatever, I'm not too worried. But also because it's just kind of like you're right. It's it's a less it's a less I'm not serious. It's more like a, it's almost like a cookout. Like it has yeah. this feeling of like, oh, we're all just kind of hanging out watching it's baseball. Like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and they have a lot, it's all focused on like, you know, families that are here. And it's just, it's fun. And I think something that happens a lot in baseball, in a lot of sports, but especially in baseball, because teams are so big with such big mm-hmm. farm systems, is that we forget that these players are people. Yeah. And and they're just, you know, we learn about the 100 that matter to us for the major leagues mm-hmm. and then forget the hundreds more that will never make it to the majors. And just kind of, that's one of the reasons I love Bull Durham as a movie because it, it oh, focuses yeah. a lot on those players. Um, and yeah, and I and I love that you're doing that for, for minor leaguers, for high schoolers, for college players. Because like you said, you know, a lot of them, most of them aren't going to make the major leagues. Yeah. And so it's, I, I can only imagine how cool it is for them to have their name in the paper or have, you know, to be in the spotlight for a minute. Yeah. Even if they're, you know, the, the guys who are like super, super good and they're going to be in the majors, they're used to being in the spotlight, mm-hmm. but I'm sure the people who are, you know, maybe more middle of the pack or whatever, I'm sure that's really special. And, and there's even, there's something special about just, I don't know. I was at my son's little league game uh, on Monday and I was sitting there and I'm keeping score and we're at this little, this teeny little field in some park and there's a whole bunch of 10 year olds playing baseball. And I just hear these kids in the dugout doing, you know, old dugout chants, mm. you know, we want a home run, H-O, you know, all of that. And I'm just standing there and I had this weird moment where I kind of like mentally zoomed out and I'm like, we're just in this little park in this little neighborhood and everyone's playing baseball and it felt so pure. Yeah. And I was just like, this is just, this is so nice. It's just this little pocket of Maryland. 
Mm-hmm. And we're all just these kids are like really invested in this game. I mean, they're chanting, they're really into it. <laughs> and and I'm like, this is this is really nice. And that's that's I can I can kind of see that appeal with like college and high school and all that yeah. because it's it's just this little this little pocket of people who really care about the game. Oh yeah. That's, I I got to cover my old high school softball team last week, early last week, and the starting pitcher, she is a freshman, and it was her first varsity start as a pitcher. And she, not only did she pitch 123, like she went 103 or 123 pitches, she also was the one that walked it off. And oh, wow. So, like, just being able to talk to her afterwards, knowing that this was this was a big moment for her. And her parents shared my article from the newspaper on their Facebook and the mom got like almost 200 likes and everybody was just talking about how they were so proud of her. And so to me, that's what makes what I do yeah. so special. Those little moments that yep. if I wasn't there, who, who would, who would, you know, highlight what she did. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. I'm a sucker for those type of stories, especially left-handed pitchers. I was like, all right, we have a bond. We both play for this. Are you, are you a lefty? I'm a lefty. Fellow lefty. Right. Fun. uh, Left left-handers are fun piece of trivia. I was, it's less fun now, (laughs) but it's still, it's still a fun piece of trivia about lefties. Every president since, since Reagan, has been left-handed except for two. Can you name who the two are? Uh, and so when I say since Reagan, I am including Reagan in this list. I cannot. I'm more yeah. stuck on the fact that like that's just but there's only been like four presidents since Reagan. Yeah. Well, you get Reagan, Clinton, Clinton. Well, Reagan, H. W. Bush, Clinton, uh, yeah. uh, W. Bush, uh, so, okay, Obama, there's been and seven Trump. Now. So six. Um, oh, and and then Biden. I no, I have no idea. I have Actually, no idea. I don't know what I don't know what hand Biden writes with. So this might <laughs> be a less fun. So the well, if you listen like, to some people, he's the biggest lefty on the planet. So you know. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> let me see. I'm going to Google: Is Biden left-handed? I I I feel like he. You got to be careful how you word that. You'll get some weird results on there. Oh, um, yeah. Nope. He's he's. Uh, Righty gang. Oh, he's he's a right-hander. Okay, so this trivia okay. is less fun. So it's George W. Bush and Trump are the only two righties. Right, because I, I do. Like there's that. a famous picture in Chicago of 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 Barack Obama throwing out the first pitch at the White Sox mm-hmm. game, and he's got this yeah. like super fly leather White Sox jacket <laughs> and everything. But he is throwing it right-handed. So um, he was throwing it right-handed. In my mind. Oh, okay. I, mm-hmm. I was say he was definitely a lefty. Um, <laughs> Or well, he wrote left-handed. That doesn't mean he yeah. threw left-handed. Yeah. I thought. But... Let me see if I can find find this picture. I'm curious. Everyone had in there. I, so yeah, it's an interesting. I guess there are people who like write with one hand, but are not necessarily well. So to that hand. I write left-handed. I'm weirdly ambidextrous. So hey, I write. Too. I write. Awesome. I feel like being left-handed naturally, you become ambidextrous because we grew up in a right-handers world. I well, I broke um, my thumb, so I had to. Learn. I broke my left arm when I was oh, in second wow. grade, and that's I think that's what taught me to be ambidextrous. But like, I throw a baseball left-handed, mm-hmm. but I bat right-handed, and I shoot a basketball right-handed. I do not shoot a basketball left-handed. I play tennis 
right-handed, but I will throw a football left-handed. Like it's just I'm all over the place. I, Whenever I approach a new sport, I'm like, crap, which hand am I using? <laughs> I do everything left-handed, but I shoot when I'm with my camera. I shoot like with my right eye. My right eye is dominant. I never even thought about being left or right eyed when you shoot a camera. That's interesting. I never even thought about that. Like it throws oh. me off, but uh, yeah. like my contacts start drying up. I like have to like try to like do it through both, but mm. yeah, usually yeah. I use my right, right eye mm. and it's my weaker eye too. So it's really weird. That is bizarre. I, so that trivia question used to be a lot more fun when Obama <laughs> was president because it's every president since Reagan, except one that was way cooler. And then Trump became president, and he was right-handed. And That's I was like, All right, this trivia question's less cool now. <laughs> and I think Biden's right-handed, so the trivia question's shot now. Well, so now the <laughs> trivia question is: every single president since Obama has been right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Every every president, every president since George W. Bush has been right-handed, except <laughs> for one. There, there you go. go. Um, anyways, so Chelsea. You are from Kentucky. I am. As we, as we all could tell when you said theater. <laughs> um, which, for the record, I'm not making fun of you. I, I love that. Um, what's, what are some things about Kentucky that might... I've never, I've never been. I don't know, Zach, have you ever been to Kentucky? I was, went through Kentucky for, you know, a few times. Um, what is something but, about Kentucky that might be surprising to someone who's not from there? Um, honestly, the camping and being able to just the outdoors. Like my family is big into mountain biking and kayaking and just camping. So honestly, a lot of people are surprised at how beautiful our lakes and camping areas and trails are. If you're into that kind of thing, otherwise, interesting. Otherwise, if you're a big basketball fan, you can just go see Rupp. You know, that's something you can just wave at. And, but oh who, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm an LSU fan. So are you really? Okay. How, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to talk I, a little bit about your fandoms. We'll start with that <laughs> one. Um, my dream school was LSU, but I ended up you know, getting skin cancer and not going off. And so I just ripped the community. Wait, all right. I think, I think I missed that part of your story. You had skin cancer. Yes. I, my, I've been on a roller coaster in the last 30 years. Well, it's 29, 29 years. Yeah. Not there yet. You'll get there. I got there this past December. Don't worry. You'll get there. It's coming. You will become elderly very soon. (laughs) But so you had, so how old were you when you had skin cancer? I was diagnosed right on my 19th birthday. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. So what, so do you, I assume you don't still have skin cancer. Do you? I mean, yeah, I was going to say what, so what, so what happened? I had, it was, it hadn't developed into a significant stage. It was just enough where it came back cancerous and I had to have multiple surgeries to remove the abnormal cells and the abnormal moles. So I get checked out by my 
dermatologist yearly, or at least I'm supposed to go yearly, but you know, life's been a little bit crazy with, with the Rona. So I haven't really made it to see her yeah. in the last year, but um, yeah, right now I'm good. I am probably a ghost out in public. So I, ha I go and spray tan <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah. But it's all good now. It was it was a weird part of my life, and I'm very fortunate it happened because it, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am today without that part of my life happening. Who's to say what's good or bad? That's yeah. right. Exactly. Um, callback. Um, all right. So, so LSU is your dream school, and that is that why you're an LSU fan? Yeah i I wanted to play softball really badly for LSU. And of course I didn't, but I just kind of fell in love with it. And my dad's a Bama fan, so that also is always Ooh, fun awkward. to just yeah, it's always just <laughs> fun in my house when when that happens. So Oh man. Yeah, it's always when, fun. when when he found out you wanted to go to LSU and that you're an LSU fan, was he just like what was his reaction to that? Well, he had already had to deal with me being a Mets fan and he was a diehard Braves fan. So I just kept breaking his heart. All right, so that's a great segue. Why you? Why are you a Kentucky native, a Mets fan? Where does that come from? Mike Piazza. Mm. Mike Piazza, New York catcher. Yes, the love. Hey, I like that. No, Mike. I'm actually looking at my Mike Piazza sticker on my laptop right now. No, because I, I ran out of room on the top of my laptop, so he's just sitting right there by the mouse. But yes, I. I pitched, but I originally was a catcher, and that was because I wanted to be like Mike Piazza and Dottie Henson from a League of Their Own. So, like, I wanted to be like their perfect matchup. But yeah, I I fell in love with him when he was on the Dodgers, and then he got shipped to the Marlins, which I could have ended up a Marlins fan. So I don't know what's worse. Um, <laughs> a week later, he was on the Mets, and my dad was like, "Chels." Your favorite player keeps moving teams. He's like, you can stay a Dodgers fan because I, I was always repping my Dodgers hat. I was like, go team. They were the same team colors as my softball team. So, you know, a little kid, that's what matters. Your team matching your your team. And um, would you charge your phone? And um, so it, um, yeah, I became a Mets fan. And even though my dad was not okay with it at first, he dealt with it. He actually went and bought a black Mike Piazza jersey to uh, match my jersey. And um, my laptop's going to die if I don't do this. Hold on. No worries. Oh, good. We, I we thought the jerseys, the jerseys are key, though. The black jerseys are key. They in are the best. And I have <laughs> I, it in yeah, my I will tell you. Uh, I will agree. Those black Mets jerseys are pretty sweet. Like they're so beautiful. They're pretty great. They're not as great as the black and orange Orioles jerseys, which are, for the record, the best jerseys in baseball. But they are quite good. It's me, not the Charger. <laughs> I haven't plugged it into my computer. That's that that that's an important step in that, charging your that, laptop. Is there we go? I'm the <laughs> I thought um, it was in, but it wasn't. So, 
So, yeah. so how did you? And so how back. did you discover? Yes, and we're back. Um, for those of you just joining us, uh, <laughs> so how did you come across Mike Piazza? Like, you were you just watching a random Dodgers game? You're like that guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and then I was playing triple play, like 1998 or something. Oh, nice. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. This guy. Triple play. Yeah. That was uh, I. So I didn't have all the games. I had triple play. I want to say 2001. Which one did Gary Thorne was the commentator on triple play, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. One year. So I just I just remember it because Gary Thorne is like the greatest thing ever. But um, so <laughs> I miss him. Um, but he's not dead. He's just gone from Mass and from the Orioles. But um, <laughs> he's, I just realized it's so, like I miss him. I'm like, you know, wait, no, he's not dead. He's still alive. He's just like I don't get to hear him anymore. The White Sox. Yeah, yeah. you were, took the words out of my mouth. So <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> um, but yeah, the triple play games were really good. I I played the heck out of that 2001 triple mm, play that baseball was, that was game. The first baseball video game I ever owned. You are a child, I forget, because <laughs> the very first game I ever owned was uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. A true nineties on, on the N sixty four. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember Mike Piazza on the Dodgers. Dude, you know it's funny. I always I have it in my head that he was a Mets forever, yeah, like a member of the Mets very forever. Much like an all time Mets. I forgot how good he was with the Dodgers. I I didn't was, realize how good he was. Amazing. Mm-hmm. We always hear about the Dodgers Association because it's you always hear the story of him being like yeah. you know, a millionth round pick because he's a buddy of Tommy Lasorda's uncle <laughs> or whatever the hell the story was, you know. But um, but yeah, it's kind of I don't know. I've sixty second round. He was sixty second yeah. round pick. I can't believe they used to have that many rounds in the draft. That's it's like yeah. I mean, this dude like nineteen ninety seven. This dude hits three sixty two. With 40 home runs, 104 runs, and 124 RBI. That is redonkulous. And then gets Steroids traded. Steroids are year. a hell of a drug. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <gasps> was, was Mikey Mike on, on the roids? I don't know. I mean, have you seen his neck circumference? I don't think that happens naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, I have no idea. I know I nothing. Hey. If he wasn't in the Mitchell report, you know, we don't know. We don't know. You know, one of the things that I've always laughed about the Mitchell report is like, so like people always, you know, crack on steroids and like, Ooh, you know, the steroids made these guys great players. And I'm like, have you read the Mitchell report and seen how many bad players (laughs) are in it? Like, do we remember Jason Grimsley? Yeah, I can't believe believe you said that because that's the first name that came to mind. I'm like, yeah, Hall of Fame (laughs) pitcher Jason Grimsley. Yes, we all remember him. Like who somehow got, is more famous? Like I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but it's, no, it's, it's a, Jason Grimsley as a baseball character is so funny because he's like you would think that the thing he would be known the most for would be crawling through a <laughs> ventilation duct to steal a corked bat of Albert Bell's uh, from the umpire's <laughs> locker. But no, it's actually the steroids that he gets remembered from. I mean, you know, God forbid he ever did anything in the major leagues. Right? <laughs> he was, as I recall, a former Oriole. I think. I think he briefly was on the Orioles. But yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a deep pull. But yeah, like I mean, just so many guys on the Mitchell report. Uh, Larry Bigby, also former Oriole, also <laughs> listed in the Mitchell report. Uh, you know, Jerry Hairston. I should just Wikipedia oh, Mitchell Report Hall, right now. Hall of Famer Greg Zahn, you know, 
all these guys oh, he- who were listening <laughs> to Mitchell Report and took steroids. That's one of the my things with like why I think steroid players should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, yes, steroids gave you a push, like an advantage. Oh. Und- undeniably, they helped. Mm-hmm. But they did not turn you into a great player. No. Like that's why that's why we're not talking about, you know, how incredible Mark Carrion was uh <laughs> as as a baseball player, even though he took steroids. Like yeah. And it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about hey, wait, wait, hey, yo, yo, you know F F P Santangelo was named in the Mitchell report. <laughs> <laughs> Man, F P Santangelo, he could use some steroids to be a better color commentator on NASA. Yeah. My God. Uh, that's hilarious um yeah see that's the thing man you the steroids do not turn you into a great player just no. look at fp santangelo uh, <laughs> don't turn you into good broadcaster either apparently <laughs> no, it does not. have you ever listened to fp santangelo call it well he doesn't call the game he does what? color but what he is bad he's real bad the whole nat the nats team is real bad on this <laughs> Um, that's one of my favorite things about mlb tv though is getting to sample all of the other all dude broadcasts. yeah that's why i would always tune into dodgers home games when vince scully was still calling them because i was like i can i just listen to vince scully call mm-hmm. every game oh, yeah. or like or i would try and tune into giants games to hear john miller yeah, um, i always um, like i listen to john I, so well I all the time now these days you know I find myself no. watching Padres games like specifically for Ursula. Dude. Oh I man, you I was the Brewers Padres game on behind uh, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Finally just started. Oh, did it really? Finally. Oh yeah. It's West Coast game time. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, Zach, you guys are so lucky in Chicago to have um the cut the commentary team that you guys have. Yeah. All right, hey, but you, we also had to suffer through the last like six or seven years of of a very, I don't know what the right adjective to describe Hawk Harrelson at the end of his career was, <laughs> but like, I mean, the man, he almost hit me with his car once leaving the stadium. Um, <laughs> and, On purpose? <laughs> I mean, it would make for a better story, but I'd like, dude, no, uh, we, we have a great broadcast team. For sure. Okay. Oh, I mean, listening listening to them call Rodon's no hitter. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, it was it was so good. And I am <laughs> forgive me because I am blanking on the play by play guy's name. You're I'm gonna know it as soon as you say Benetti. It. Thank you, Benetti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just, I was listening to him after Rodon threw the no hitter, and I'm just like, this guy is really good. Like this guy just has a good command of the english language like he is like on his feet eloquent and just was was talking about what the moment meant to carlos rodan in just a way that like there's a generic way to call a no hitter oh yeah easily and he did not call it in a generic way he called it in a way that was like if i were a white Sox fan that would have been really special it as a white Sox, yeah part of my fandoms are you also like Part White Sox fan? White, yes, like they are my American League team. Now on my now let me pitch. My Orioles NL, fandom my NL is a little shaky. Hey, like you. But <laughs> I, I let me make my elevator pitch for you becoming an Orioles fan. Listen, oh, have you ever been horribly disappointed? What if you could have that feeling every day? I did. You could have that feeling for years and years. What if your feeling of being a Mets fan 
translated to the American League. <laughs> I, that, but the White Sox are the Mets of the American yeah, League. I mean, is what I'm, I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like yeah. and then there's the Tigers. You know, I always I'm a sucker for Daniel Norris, so I'm just like. Yay, Daniel Norris Day. Uh, that's probably guy. the very first time anyone's ever said I'm a sucker for Daniel Norris. <laughs> oh, he had that great story, though, when he was still a hotshot prospect. When yeah. Included in the David Wright or David Wright, <laughs> David, David Price. Trade. Oh, okay. uh, and there was a whole I don't I think it might have been Sports Illustrated where it turns out that he just like, you know, before spring training or whatever, just goes in an RV and mm-hmm. just chills out in the van for three weeks and in the woods or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah he's he follows that. me on Twitter. Oh, word, that's dope. Jose Bautista follows me on Twitter. I wrote uh, Jose Bautista. <laughs> don't like that guy. I, I've got the Jose Bautista. If you don't have the Jose Bautista follow, that really Something says more. Than, you know? I do not have the Jose Bautista follow. Oh, that's a problem. But how I also you, don't. But you know what? I how are you on the baseball internet and you don't have the Jose Bautista listen, follow? Listen. I do not want the Jose Bautista to follow after what that man, what that man did to Ubaldo Jimenez. (laughs) After what that man did to no, it was Edwin, it was Edwin Encarnacion who did that to Ubaldo. But still, Jose Bautista hit some major home run against the Orioles in the playoffs. I get those ones mixed up: the one with (laughs) Ubaldo, and then another, the other one that Jose Bautista hit. But still, no, no. I don't like Jose Bautista. <laughs> Hashtag former Oriole. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring that <laughs> every single episode. We're gonna talk about a player, and at some point, he was a former Oriole. Man. We were we were one of the many teams that passed on Jose Bautista pre uh, swing change. But anyway, so okay, so interesting. So you are a Mets fan. You're a White Sox fan. You are. Um, I want to say you're a, a Cardinals fan too. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, right. they're like the Yankees of the NL. What do you? Oh, mean, but they are just—it is just—it's pain because you know what they can do, and then when you watch them, and they—they they just like Ueno looked amazing tonight, and then Giovanni came out, and it just went. It was awful. You know, I wonder what's worse: having a team where you're <laughs> like, I know you can be good, and you have been good, but you're constantly disappointing me. Or having a team that's been terrible for like twenty years. I wonder which one where you're just like every year's well, terrible and I just live in misery. I get the best of both worlds. Yeah, you get that with the Mets and the Cubs. Yeah. And then there's the Braves who always, you know, disappoint <laughs> me in October. So Yeah. Yeah. That's, you, that's, that's a that's an inherited love for the Braves with my dad. Like I was born during a Braves game. Sure. Uh, <laughs> nice. And, he kept telling my mom, just wait one more inning, one more inning. Oh and my like, God. Dude, I'm like, your daughter is like <laughs> coming to, into the world it's, right it's now. Time, it's time to push. Hold on. Just let me see this batter. Yes. <laughs> it, it's like, yeah. it's important. This base is loaded. <laughs> and it was against the Expos, too. So it makes it even oh. more fun to tell. RIP, the Expos. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that is so, yeah. Go ahead. Wow, so yeah. If you, yeah, no came out during a Braves game that kind of I don't like that's a, a good lead in a funny weird way way to to the main question I guess yes um it's it seems like baseball is and has always been a big part of your life mm-hmm. it means something quite special to you obviously as we've revisited multiple times here so we just want to know like what is it about baseball specifically 
that you love so much? Why baseball as opposed to, you know, you do, you said you cover basketball games and you cover football games and it's like, well, what is it about baseball that is so special in your mind that's so different from, from other sports? Um, well, it's always, I've always had that bond with baseball because of my dad and I'm an only child. I'm, I'm split down the middle. I'm a mama's girl and a daddy's girl, but that's always been that thing my dad and I've had. Even when I was little, you know, we, we would watch baseball games and I remember I would fall asleep on the couch. Like my mom worked midnight and he would be playing triple play and I would be asleep behind him you know, or pretending I'm in a dugout cheering him on. Like as a little Your kid. Your dad played triple play? Your yes. Played- oh actually, man, that was. got a bias and there'll be the show 2021 here soon, but. Dude, oh man, I I've been playing the show like gotta get so it. I I have I've been playing it obsessively because I I'm an Xbox owner, oh, so yeah. I have been without a decent baseball game, uh, baseball video game oh. for I don't know however long Too many years. The, to, since Tim MLB Tim since, was on the cover, yeah, <laughs> yeah, since MLB 2K14 or whatever it was. So I've been like, I get a baseball video game, and I've been like. <laughs> I got I've I have like carpal tunnel because I've been playing it so much. <laughs> and and you know what? You play as the Orioles like I am, and you're playing the game on hard mode. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that reason, team is so bad. Every time I do row to the show, I end up on the Orioles. Hey, and I'm just good. glad that I said Orioles instead of Oreo because some like when I was little, that's what I would call them, and it still just kind of happens <sighs> that's fair. sometimes. That's fair. They've kind of embraced that a little bit because one of the chants that'll happen at Orioles games is they'll do that. um, The thing from the Wizard of Oz where the guys are marching around going, oh, Oh, yeah. They'll play that. They'll kind of loop that in the stadium and then (laughs) start chanting that. They used to do that with um, they used to do that with Maglio or Donia's at the White Sox games. Dude, great pull. I love Maglio. People forget about Mags, man. That dude's a break. That dude you know, could hit the shit out of the ball, man. He, he was, was he was one of like a couple players that I loved that I felt didn't get like him and who else did oh I was a huge uh um now it's weird because of the drugs, but Esteban uh Loiza. I was a huge Esteban Loiza, White Sox legend. I was a huge Esteban Loiza. I was such a big Esteban Loiza fan that I modeled when I played baseball, I modeled my delivery after Esteban Loiza. <laughs> I used to do the whole, I like the over the head and all of that. I did, I did the whole. My delivery was Esteban Loiza, and cool. and then you know, I think like a few years ago, he got caught with like just an ungodly amount of cocaine. Of, was he? The, oh, I think it was. It might have been heroin. Was it heroin? It was, it was just like it was, an he was absurd, coming. Yeah, it was not good. Not he was coming over the border with just an absurd amount, like an obscene yeah. amount of drugs, like a really, <laughs> really large amount. Yeah. Like, um. But anyway, no, yeah, Mags is great pull. Love Mags. Great player. Um anyways, I know so the thing I the reason I mentioned that it's so cool that your dad played triple play cuz that was the dream for me as a kid was I always wanted my dad to play baseball video games with me and he could never get it. He could never master the controls and he would never say he would never be like, oh, well, I just can't really do it. Yeah. Because that's just not how he is. So he would blame the game. Like, this isn't even realistic. What do you mean? A ground ball just goes all the way to the fence every single time it goes in the outfield. Just, I can't play this game. It makes no sense. <laughs> so I love that. I love that your dad played triple play. That's super cool. But 
So anyways, continue. So this was a special thing that you had with your dad. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And we, he ended up being my softball coach from fourth grade. Well, until, until the end pretty much. And um, it kind of ties in with baseball and softball. Like we would take trips to Illinois weekly for my pitching coach. And like, we would just talk baseball and we would talk softball. And I remember when I was younger and started playing softball, that was when it wasn't big. There was not much coverage. I mean, Jenny Finch was just now be like becoming a thing, which she is my idol and she is so much taller than me in person. I don't know if you've seen that picture of us, but. Um, oh, is that, I have seen that picture. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I remember I seeing that picture and I was like, I can't tell is Chelsea very short or is this other person very tall? She is very tall. Like I felt like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger in <laughs> next to her. Like I was just like, "Hi, I, I I worship you, but I've got an interview for my job." Hi, <laughs> hi. But <laughs> so great. I grew up on baseball tonight and highlight reels on ESPN. Like that's what I watched when I was in third and fourth grade, starting out in softball and. So as much as I loved softball, baseball was what grabbed my attention and always wanted to be on baseball tonight. I was like, that's what I want to do when I'm an adult, like I'm going to do it. And so that was, that was the goal. Um, and it's always been there for me, you know, friends come and go, opportunities come and go, but baseball's always been there. And that it's it's led me to where I'm at. It's given me I owe everything to baseball, honestly. I mean, I even found my boyfriend because of baseball. So that was really cool. It I don't know, that that's cheesy, but it's cool. No, that's uh that it's also accurate. That's so that's really yeah. cool. So point. That's <laughs> awesome. So um one of the things we we often ask people is we always ask like what's your favorite What's your favorite ballpark? And I want to sort of amend that question. Uh, I do want to ask, what is what is your favorite ballpark? But also, I would love to hear, you, it sounds like you've been to a lot of different independent minor league ballparks. Mm-hmm. Do you have a ballpark among independent minor leagues that really sticks out to you as like, I love this ballpark? And in addition to, generally speaking, do you, what's, what's your favorite ballpark you've been to? Um. While I love Bush Stadium, Bossy Field in Evansville, Indiana has my heart. Um, it was the first field I went to, and A League of Their Own was filmed there. So, oh, like, real? Yes. That, oh, was so the, cool. that was one of the uh, bonus points of me and my parents taking me to that first game because I was just like – Oh my gosh, like you walk in and you can just see, like you know exactly which scene it is. And yeah, so it's the third oldest park in America that's still mm. used. Of course, Wrigley and Fenway are up there with it. So anytime I get to see Bossy, it, it's just, it's a piece of history in American baseball. So it's, it's hands down my favorite field across the board. That's really cool. I I would love to see that. I didn't even know that the League of Their Own was filmed there. That's super cool. 
The League of Their Own is now starting to rival Michael Ahedo for weekly I know, this is the third, this the, is the third <laughs> time it's come up. It's, uh, um, do you have a favorite food or beverage or snack to get at a ball game? No matter I'm where really you are. weird. Um, I usually get a cup of wine because they won't give you a glass mm. and french huh? fries. It's wine really and fries. I mean, wine the, and the, fries. That's the great thing about baseball, though, is that baseball is, I feel like, at least as far as sports fans go, is kind of an avatar for just what you do when you're relaxing. Yeah. So if like, you know, you can just kick back with some wine and some fries and watch baseball. Like, I feel like, I don't know, that's a vibe that I feel that, like is not going to fly at a basketball game. Necessarily. That is that's something great, yeah. that is something that I think a lot of people who don't pay a lot of attention to baseball don't recognize about baseball mm-hmm. when they're like, man, baseball's boring. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, of course it is. That's why I'm not like paying attention to Especially literally when you every like single point. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's my friend who sounds like droopy dog. <laughs> baseball's boring. Oh boy. I don't like it. Um <laughs> no, the, <laughs> but the, the you don't like I don't watch every single pitch. I mean maybe yeah. if it's the playoffs exactly. or World Series, but like Baseball's on in the house, and I'm like folding laundry. Oh, yeah. I'm like doing other things while baseball. It's it's the same thing um, that I, I always tell people who come to Maryland and they want to eat crabs. The thing I always tell people when you eat crabs is it's not a meal. It's mm-hmm. a social event. And you pick crabs because it's something to do while you're doing other things, while you're talking, while you're watching baseball. There's nothing better than picking crabs and watching an Orioles game. <laughs> perfection. But um, but it's it's and it's the same thing with baseball. Baseball isn't the only thing going on when you go to a baseball game. Like I said, it's like a cookout. Like everyone's yeah. kind of hanging out. You're sitting with friends. You're talking. You're like, oh, cool, something happened. It's never. If I sat there and was like, I'm going to focus on every single pitch of this game and nothing else, yeah, I'd be bored out of my mind. Of yeah, course I would be. Insane. Right. But that's but that's not what baseball is about. No. And that's that's the beauty of it. It's just like you said, it's like an avatar of what you're doing when you're relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes just relaxing. that's just kicking back with wine and french fries. With wine yeah. and fries. I had too Do many cups of wine when I went to the Mets Cardinals game. I finally got to see the Mets in person in 19 and they lost to the Cardinals like horrifically lost and I was just like the Mets do that. Yeah. I'm going to need another <laughs> That's why that's and you got to you got to get the get the wine of the games you're covering and then like you do you do the Hemingway. <laughs> you do the Hemingway right drunk get it sober. You get your best work. Trust me, as someone who has done that with a handful of pitchless articles, you get you get your best work when you Hemingway it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I forget where we were going with that. <laughs> we love baseball, and we love baseball. We love baseball. That's fine. and scene concessions. That's where we were going. So wine and fries. Do you have? Um, is there a particular ballpark that has like the best fries? Um, well, this is a crime against humanity, but Major League Baseball wise, I've only been to Bush Stadium. Oh my! Well, it's been nice having you, Chelsea. I yeah. would like to thank you for, and we're gonna. Um, yeah, I'm getting. Hey, you look. I've only ever been to three ballparks in my life. In so. my defense, I've been to two different Bush stadiums. Mm-hmm. In my defense, so. Ah. It works out where well, and you cool. have been to it sounds like a the whole litany of other non major league oh, yeah. baseball stadiums. Oh yes. 
but yeah, that's so that's interesting. So you're are you you're not like a hot dog at a ball game kind of person? I don't like hot dogs. You don't like hot dogs? I, I mean like dogs. that's probably a good thing. It's it's yeah. better for you that you don't. <laughs> if your go to is wine, I'm curious. Just I've never like I know there are people that, that will do this. Are there certain wines that are like go to's for like kind of crappy cheap wines that are good for baseball games? You know you're gonna get. I'm never gonna drink Bud Light unless I'm at a Sox game. But I know when I'm going to yeah. a Sox game, yeah. I'm gonna drink Bud Light. So. <laughs> right. I'm curious if there's a similar dynamic with. with Great, Bush. now we won't get that Bud Light sponsorship, Zach. <laughs> Honestly, at Bush, it was just red wine. Like I think you had a a choice between white and red, but I was just like, you know what? I know red wine breaks me out or breaks my face out, but I'm taking this chance because I are can't you, game. Are you a red wine person? Is that like yes, your preferred? I am. Yes. Very, very cool. That's like the cooler wine to drink, is I feel it? like. Right? I feel like it is. I feel like the wine for like people who like aren't really into wine is like the light stuff because it's not because red wines are like kind of heavier yeah. and a little more bitter. But in the literal sense, white wines are cooler. And that they are chilled typically when they're served. So this is know. true. Uh, I I have the um, <laughs> controversial take of I prefer all of my wine chilled. I'm no, not, that's that's very valid. Chilled red I, wine is highly under. I won't go. Yeah. I won't go as far as uh, I'm ratting out my wife, but she never listens to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> she will put ice in her wine sometimes if it's not. I've done enough. that before. I've, if I've I really, if I just that's a step too far it, for me. I, <laughs> well, it's, if I've just purchased it and you've had yeah. one of those days and you're just like, I cannot wait for this to just be a little chilled, you'll just pop, pop the glass cubes in that, there. Good to yeah, go. Yeah, that is when I will, I will just kind of drink at room temperature. But yeah. generally speaking, I prefer it all chilled. I will try and find it pre chilled. I know it's not like the classy thing. I don't. Same thing with uh, when I I, I love bourbon. I almost uh, never drink bourbon neat because I don't want a room temp. I'm not interested. People, I think, with that, especially with foodie type stuff, are obsessed with this idea of authenticity and like yeah, what is the purest way to consume something. Whereas, like, I actually got into like I hear what you're saying with the wine. I got into chilling. I was fortunate enough to um to spend a month in Sicily my sophomore year in college you know, doing a study abroad thing, learning Italian. And I stayed with, you know, a family there and they would have like a, like a milk crate full of reusable bottles that they would just send over to their guy on the, literally on the other side of Mount Etna or whatever, and bring back all this homemade wine. And they had a full <laughs> door of the fridge just stocked with bottles of red wine. And so every night during dinner, we would just have like a, a glass of chilled red wine. And oh, it's, wow. it's actually in the summertime. It's like, it's incredible. That sounds fantastic. They should start doing that at baseball games, actually. So, um, I yeah. didn't even know ice, they ice sold wine at games. I honestly, <laughs> I had, I had no idea until you just said that. I did not know they sold wine at they games. Do. That's <laughs> the more you know, right? The more you know. They had moonshine at an Ooh. indie game, so that was fun. Wait, they I sold moonshine, or you found somebody who I had found someone. <laughs> Well, I found someone who would mix a drink with moonshine. So I had moonshine dirty shortly. Oh, I thought you. I thought that you were saying no. So there's like actually some with moonshine. I thought I thought you were yeah. saying like there was a thing at the ballpark where like, hey, get some you know, moonshine for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we uh, are we are in Kentucky. This is true. I so I I kid you not. I went on a friend of mine. His dad 
goes to at Baltimore Ravens games like every week. He's got season tickets oh, and he's got this group of friends and they all go and they tailgate. And I went to one of these games with him uh, a few years back and he come he my friend comes to me he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, go on up and get a get a drink from this guy. He's got and he's got this like big mason jar of stuff." And I'm like, "What is it?" And he's like, "Ah, it's Moonshine." I'm like, "Oh, who is this guy?" And my friend no jokes says, "That's Moonshine Bob." <laughs> Oh God! Like legitimately, there was a man in this in my friend's dad's group of friends who was known as Moonshine Bob, and Moonshine Bob, sure enough, had moonshine. (laughs) That moonshine can like make you go blind and stuff like that. I actually, if I'm going to be getting moonshine, I would rather it be from someone who is a reputable source for said moonshine. I mean, if you're you're known as if you're known as Moonshine Bob, then you probably know what you're doing. You probably make good moonshine, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I just I just loved it. They was just like, yeah, yeah, that's Moonshine Bob. I'm like, (laughs) okay, what is this? Where are we? Why why are we doing this? But, anyways, um, yeah, go ahead, Deck. Do you have a, a favorite non-baseball sport? Um, probably, had to pick one. probably football or basketball. Probably. I really got into basketball and in this winter just from covering it. And then Kaylin's a big UK basketball fan, which RIP. I was about to say uh, <laughs> that year, but I got to watch a lot with him and cover a lot of high school. So probably basketball just because I did get really into it over the winter. I was going to say growing up in Kentucky, how did you not like get surrounded by UK? I just, you know, I just don't know, I guess because my dad was a Bama guy and always has been. That makes sense. I imagine there's a lot of Indiana fans around too. I yeah, it's it's imagine. a hodgepodge around these parts. So it's kind of Paducah in that whole way. You're kind of in the, I don't even know what you would refer to it as, but kind of it's that cluster between like the southern mm-hmm. tips of Illinois and Indiana and yep. Kentucky and all these other places, right? Yeah, we, uh, we are right on the border of where Tennessee, Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana. Like just a weird little... Little little thing. Okay, that you mentioned Tennessee. I want to ask you, as somebody who lives in Kentucky, uh, and is near Tennessee, what is the difference between a Tennessee and a Kentucky accent? And I realize I just said that as if I know the answer. I don't know the answer, <laughs> but I know that there's a difference. Um, what is it? You know, I really don't know because I feel like Kentucky accents across the board they're all different and like even Mm -hmm. a western kentucky accent where i'm at like i sound different than my parents and my boyfriend who also all grew up here like when i was Mm -hmm. little everyone thought i was from like mississippi because my twang was so so bad so interesting huh that's really interesting i i i always love how little locales will have such variations because mm-hmm. you'll have, you'll see, you know, there is a Kentucky accent, but in reality, yeah. there's probably a thousand accents within Kentucky. And I think that's the oh, case yeah. for every single state. I mean, I, I know. So in where I am in Maryland, I live near Annapolis, which is in Anne Arundel County. Mm-hmm. There is an accent that is Southern Anne Arundel County. Oh, wow. That is only Southern Anne Arundel County. And I grew up, my mom is, you know, 
born and raised in a family that has been in Southern Anne Arundel County for a billion years. And when they all get together, all of a sudden everyone's using words like ambulance and police and sirens and yeah. And, you know, talking about Detroit and like stuff like that. And it's, it's a very specific accent and is the Southern Anne Arundel County is the only place I've ever heard it. That's which is such a teeny tiny little place. Like, really? you know, you think what's a Maryland accent. You think, Oh, it's, yeah. it's Balmer, you know, Can't put, what, motor go. oil, put motor oil, <laughs> oil in the car, you know, but there's so much all around Maryland. And I would imagine that's the case for everywhere. Oh, well, the brewers are up one to one to nothing. I thought, I thought you were saying I thought you were saying they were up to bat. You're like, oh well, I gotta. <laughs> I, do well, brewers are up. Gotta... I do have a soft spot for the Brewers. I will say um, that. Just, I'm like, a big Brewers guy too. Like, I feel like there's part of me that likes them. Like you can't help okay. but root for them. Is there a baseball team that you have like a, a passionate hatred for? Yeah, it's and called the are. Astros. I feel like that's the easy answer. No, I, I'm always well. The Astros and probably like I know this sounds nuts, but because of Mike Piazza and how I liked the Dodgers, and of course, if they're in the World Series against certain teams, like I'll I'll root for them. But I just I guess there's a little bit of you know there's not much love for the Dodgers from me. You can say the Dodgers. It's okay. Like I just. There's something about them, like it's okay. We can we're gonna have this well. we're gonna have this moment. You hate the Dodgers. It's okay. <laughs> They're a big market team that has a whole lot of success to the you know the Yankees of the West. Yeah. It's okay. You can hate the Dodgers because I don't like the Dodgers much either. I'm I'm with you. I okay. I get tired. I get tired of teams. Ooh. Oh no, Ben, did we lose you? Oh no. He said he hated the Dodgers and, and then and then left. And then he just cue the Jeopardy theme music. Up, oh, wait, you're back. You're back. Oh yeah, I <laughs> I just realized I was sitting here ranting about why I don't like the Dodgers. It's okay. We don't need to just shouting into a void uh, as I, as is most of my life. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's most of this podcast. Most of this podcast of is just us shouting the void. As but anyways, let's let's pivot. Let's pivot past. <laughs> yes, let's pivot past baseball and kind of move on to the uh, section of our podcast. It's more I don't know random fun stuff, and we are going to start this section off with the order of operations trifecta. We are going to ask you uh, three things, and we're going to ask in which order do you do these things? Every time I say this, I say it poorly, but. Uh, the first thing, it just so you, you know, get... the, like we're the entire the way we present this episode, like everything that we say in the notes and on the tweet is going to be dependent on what you say in these yes, next three answers. Absolutely, so yes. really, and they're, quick, they're, they're right, and <laughs> and really there quick. you will be graded on a weighted score um, as Lord a quality Jesus. as Please quality give four to six quality. weeks for results to be mailed. And <laughs> <laughs> did uh, we lose Ben again just in uh, time? This oh. Yep, here we go. Fortunately, this doesn't actually happen super often, which is not the case with most podcasts I've been on. It has been great forever and then just not forever for weeks. And then just great. You got your upgrade, didn't you? Yeah, I got my internet upgraded. Now it's just like crapping out. I don't know. But anyways, let's 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 move forward with the before (laughs) my internet just the trifecta before my internet gives out entirely. 
Um, first thing we want to ask when you get dressed, socks or pants first? Pants. This is you are within the majority with that. Yeah, at this point, the majority. I'm gonna have we're gonna have to actually start writing them down now. So we have, have I to like like I've said before, you know, it's all released and recorded. We can go back whenever we want. <laughs> um okay, so yeah, we don't uh I guess at this point we don't have much commentary on that. That seems fairly fairly run of the mill. Um so you wake up in the morning and if you're uh you're a milk or cereal person, someone I don't know, people sometimes eat them, sometimes drink them, sometimes don't. But if you do what comes first, milk or cereal? Um, cereal. This is also the correct. Very answer. normative. We are we are very normative so far here. Um, very. I'm going to keep def- coming up with more convoluted ways to ask my milk cereal question to you every single week. Um, <laughs> there, we have had some milk before cereal people, oh. as as listeners of the podcast will know. Um, I got but uh, hey. Um, <laughs> But yes, Chelsea, uh, if if you don't know, we have had a couple people, uh, one of them being a very vehement defender of milk before cereal. Oh, no. Um, I know, right? And, he and had a good by vehement, we mean like wrote whole ass articles in theathletic.com about yeah, his. Dude, <laughs> Jake, Jake Seeley, he wrote like very long articles about it and uh, had a good defense for it, I thought. I, I know I it was actually, it. I don't actually want to talk about it anymore because it's kind of, it's kind of valid to be honest. I know it is, it is actually kind of logical and I, I don't, I don't knock him for yeah. it. But anyways, um, so the got- final one, uh, when you brush your teeth, toothpaste or water first? Tooth, no, water first, then a little toothpaste on it. And then water again, or and you're just... Water, and then okay. water again, and then... Okay. All right, all right. You know, we really have to hold, handhold people through that one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because nobody <laughs> thinks about it. No, I don't think anybody, hey, like... You don't. Well, you just kind of brush your teeth, and yeah. no one really thinks it's about what. So, like, you do it every day, so it's just one of yeah. those... If you think about it, you're like, oh, God, how do I do yeah. this? You don't think there's an order of operations to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, what right. brand of toothpaste do you use? I don't know. We have to think of something interesting to talk about now, because everyone says the same thing about toothpaste. So. Not everybody. Not everybody. <laughs> Not everybody. But we just went three for. Th- this is the first time in a while we went three for three with like the, the unsurprising answers. I would say. I would say like the. For once, fall- I'm normal. <laughs> yes, you fall Chelsea, into the majority. Congratulations! With all three. You so- are perfectly normal. So we'll we'll compensate for that by asking what kind of toothpaste you use. Oh, um, I don't. I think it's Colgate. I just bought some new. I don't. I don't you know what's all right. This is this might sound weird, but unless my toothpaste is super minty, I hate it. Yeah, I have to have very like minty. unless it's extremely minty, like just regular level of mint. It tastes like. I, I don't know. It, it tastes like it's been like regurgitated or something to me. It just yeah, is disgusting. No, I, at my parents' house, like they have the toothpaste with like the little dentine flakes in it. And like, yeah. I'm always like, it burns my mouth. And like, Kaylin's always like, oh, it burns my mouth. And me and my dad are just like, oh, we love it. This is perfect. Right. Exactly. If it's crazy minty, I'm all about it. I have to know they're clean. Like, I will even like, right. I have to white strips. And then brush, and then I'm like, I got to know that they're clean. <laughs> Do you floss? Are you a flosser? <laughs> like so, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. For years. So, like, I am like, I sucked at wearing my retainer, but I still like to think I'd take good care of them. Also, my parents like to throw out how much they spent on them. So, 
<laughs> fair, very fair. This is hey, dental hygiene is really becoming a theme here at Shaggy We had a long, right. a good talk with with Sungmin Kim last week about about brushing teeth as well, which I guess is what happens when we ask people to order in which they. That is true. That, that tends to happen. <laughs> that you know? tends to happen. So, um, so okay. Here's here's an interesting one. If you had the choice to sit down with anybody from human history, like doesn't even have to be a specific person can be like someone you know like a moon man or something like that or an alien uh i guess not human there but uh, anyone in human history to just sit down and have a conversation with have lunch have a drink whatever who would you talk to oh man um and i should prep we should preface this by saying it's oh your answer does not have to be like super interesting mm -hmm. or unique like it's first thing that pops in your head and it's totally okay if you want to be like I'd love to sit down with, you know, a former president or whatever. It, yeah, no, everyone totally does cool. the same thing. Everyone does the same thing every week. We ask the first few of these and they're like, oh man, let me think about this. And, and it's really like, no, whatever is the first thing that pops into your head is usually the best answer. For for, for reference. Yeah, please do. Oh, that's an incredible one. Sylvia Plath. Wow. That's a really that's good one. That's so out of left field. I was a lit major in undergrad, too, so I'm, like, geeking out right now. Hey, the Bell I... is one of my favorite books. And... Oh, man. I wish I was I have never read it. The Bell Jar. I've never read it. I love it. I have heard it's great. It's amazing. What would, it you, was... what would you talk with Sylvia Plath about if you had the chance to? Like... Anything and everything, honestly. I have always been so fascinated by her work. And, you know, of course, I've also been fascinated how she went out. Like, I mean, she's just got her head in her. Like, come on. That's, I would like to be like, sis, sense, well, yeah. come on. Like, your kids were in the other room. Come on. Like, oh let's look at I, I would well, really like to read, or I'm sorry, I interrupted. You're good. I just, probably everything. I talked to her about everything. Yeah, her in, or Zelda Fitzgerald just to talk mm, to her. Too. Yeah, Ooh. that's another great one from from whom from whom Scott lifted a good a good amount of his work, so it seems. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Did not know no, that. Those are two fantastic choices. I love that. I love that. That's um, yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Um so next we want to ask, do you have a favorite and or least favorite baseball movie? Um, My favorite, A League of Their Own, just because I have so Great much, choice. just so many ties to it. Like that was my go-to movie when I was younger. And then oh, my least favorite is probably something stupid like Mr. 3000 or something, you know. <gasps> you know, that movie's uh, on, it's on all the time. <laughs> it is always on. You know, it's so funny. Always catching snatches of it. R.I.P. Bernie Mac, man. R.I.P. There is nobody who could have played the character of Mr. 3000 better than Bernie Mac. Nope. Absolutely not. Like, but then also, yes, it is not a good movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's why it's a good, I would put, I would put Mr. 3000 in like the bad movie that's so bad that it's good category. Interesting. I, which yeah. I think that is not something that happens like solely by virtue of the movie itself. It has to happen yeah. when a station like MLB network is just really insistent on playing it over and over again to the yeah. point where it becomes like a cult classic, but it's also just like Bernie Mac being Bernie Mac too, which is kind of I actually, I own all three of the original bad news bears and so my boyfriend, Ooh. 
seen the other two. I, he liked the second one, but when they go to Japan, he was just like, can we watch the new one? He's like, I can't make it through this. <laughs> so I, I, I would, liked it when I was in middle school, but like watching it back as an adult, I was just like, this is painful. This is bad. Like even Jackie Earl Haley in an interview was like, this is the worst movie I've ever done. So I am very curious. I would love to get your perspective. Uh, when I so I did an article a while back for Pitch List about baseball movies, and mm-hmm. I decided to watch or rewatch a lot of them. And when I watched Bad News Bears, I was watching this, going, "This has not aged well at all." No. And I'm curious about your perspective on that. Like, yeah, especially the one where they go to Japan. That is. I not, haven't seen that. I can only imagine. Right. It's very, it's very bad. Like it's, I was the first five minutes. I was like, oh no, this, this is why it's not shown on television. Like, well, like, like, like bad news bears. There's just, there's so many racial slurs. Like going back and watching it. Like, you know, when we watched it when we were younger, we didn't like, it didn't, I mean, we were just like, oh, this is the movie. But then like now as an adult, I was like, you know, the new one's not so bad. You know, and the thing, I, I haven't seen the new one because uh, I started to see the new one and then the people I was with who uh, were watching the movie uh, stormed out of the film and I had to follow them. Um, it was, it was a, I, so I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I, I grew up in a very church family, uh, you know, evangelical people. And I went on a, uh, a missions trip when I was like 12 or whatever, whenever that movie came out. Yeah. And during this mission trip, we got a day where we got to go see, you know, go to the Mall of America. Actually, we were the Mall of America and we got to go see a movie. And, you know, I was only like 12. and My brother was with me. He was like nine. And so we had to go with some people on our mission. My parents weren't there. So we went with some adults who were on this team and they were like, oh, let's go see the Bad News Bears. And we sit down and there's a whole bunch of cursing. And so, you know, the, oh, the yeah. very proper church people get up and they storm out. And this is oh, no. ridiculous. I can't I handle all of this cursing. Yeah. And so then we snuck into uh, Sky High and watched Sky High. Oh, great. Uh, movie. <laughs> great. That was, movie. Well, that was the superior choice, honestly. It really was. But um, but I haven't seen the new one. But So I don't know how they handle this in the new one. But one of the things that really struck me with the old one is, uh, aside from the racial slurs, is uh those tend to stick with you they yeah. stuck with me but how like sexualized the girl is yeah. like she's like 12 or like 13 yeah and there's very... just, she's just like hyper sexualized and it's really creepy it's very uncomfortable yeah like it's, it's i'm sure at the time you know there's like kind of like goofy i guess but like yeah. I'm just like, there's a whole lot of talk about like her bra size. Yeah. <laughs> in this film. Like, it's like this come is on. uncomfortable. <laughs> I really, that was really creepy. But that is, yeah, that's one of those movies that people always list as one of the best baseball movies ever. And I'm like, have you watched it recently? Like, yeah, like I, when was. I loved it. And the, it did not age very well no, at no, all. Not. Like, when was the last. Like, what would you guys say is the last classic baseball movie that came out, though? Because it feels like Moneyball. it's been... Yeah. Does that really count, though? Like, I, Well, so here's the thing. Does a classic not, have they, to be... Can a classic be new? Well, what do you mean? Like, 
Well, like, I, can, I, it, can I, can I, well, I'm not saying not, not, not so much that it doesn't, I, I guess, I guess it is a classic baseball movie, but I'm thinking like, a, so I, I, one of the reasons I always thought I liked Moneyball and thought that it was different than a lot of other baseball movies mm-hmm. was that it's a movie that is about baseball. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of these other movies, Field of Dreams, A League of Their Own, Bull Durham, you know, they're all like their love stories or other kinds mm-hmm. of movies that take place within the context of baseball. Oh, I you get know, what you know you're what saying. I'm saying. Uh, so, I, so I guess no. It's like Moneyball absolutely like, should count. That's a really kind of weird and nebulous distinction that I'm making there. But like, as well, far yeah. as like yeah. kind of like you know, Moneyball is a baseball nerd's baseball movie. Field yeah, well, of Dreams and, and is it's like also, a baseball movie for. It's also people, an Aaron yeah. Sorkin movie. Like yeah. it's very <laughs> and it's very Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. So so there is that as well. But uh, I guess hmm. so. Baseball classic. I mean. You know, trouble, trouble with the curve really tried, but they, but, but not We're about to have a head explosion on camera. No, don't. <laughs> I just don't even get me started but on how, how much it, I hate trouble with the curve. Yes, but it had so much potential, and then it just failed. It is. I, I won't. I won't launch into the rant because that's for another day. <laughs> but it is genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's and 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 not not only was it bad, it was insulting. Like as a baseball fan, because it was like whoever wrote this was just like eh, I don't really care, <laughs> and it, just you know we're just gonna star Justin Timberlake in this, and maybe that'll put the bandaid on it. Look, I mean, and that's not a bad strategy because Justin Timberlake has more charisma in his pinky than I have in my entire being. <laughs> but um, and and he is great in the movie. It's just uh, I can't I can't stand the movie. But yeah. as far as like. I wouldn't say this movie was popular, but I think among baseball fans, it's kind of considered a classic is uh, 61. I love 61. Uh, that's a great movie. That's, I agree. Every, every baseball five. fan loves 61. It, it was not a movie because it was like 2001 and it was an HBO movie. It didn't really get a lot of press, but it's a great movie. Yeah. And I feel like that's a movie that baseball fans know about, but non-baseball yes. fans don't necessarily. Yes. But it does have that same vibe of like not – you don't have to like baseball necessarily to like yeah. yes. that movie. And I, and I will tell you that um, – <laughs> I will tell you that I think Sugar should be in that category too. I think Sugar is a brilliant film that not enough people them. have seen. Oh, it's such a – it's about a uh, – um, a kid who is in, I want to say it's Cuba or the, no, no, I'm sorry, not Cuba, the Dominican Republic. And he is scouted as an international prospect and is brought mm. to the U S to uh, be in the minor league system as an international prospect. And he's like, you know, 17 or whatever. Oh. And it's kind of about like, you know, how a lot of these, these people in uh, these, in the, you know, the Dominican Republic and, and the international system, they're they're you know not very wealthy and they bank a lot of they bank a lot of their life on like getting signed yeah getting that bonus and lifting their families out of poverty and so what they do is they just have one singular focus their entire lives and it's baseball and sugar talks about okay what if you're not good enough like what if you're that international guy you get drafted you get that bonus but you're just not good enough to make it to the majors you spent your entire life singularly focused on baseball. Now what? What do you do? Yeah. And it's it's really really good. It's a really good movie. Um, it's well worth watching. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. 
It's great. Oh, you know what? I bet some people would say 42 would be in that list. I didn't yeah. like 42 all that much, but I would have to think a little more about how I would frame my thoughts. My thoughts about 42 have are very, very complex. So I think it's a great movie, but I have a lot of other thoughts about how the whole thing is approached that I'd, I'd have to work through a little more before I, I can go on. My, anything, my, thing, but... my, my thing with 42 is like it's so heavy handed and lacks any sort of subtlety about um, yeah. like you know racism like i'm i'm surprised that at some point there wasn't a point where like peewee reese walks up to jackie robinson and goes i am a white man but you are a black man but we are no different yeah we are the same it's one of those movies that i think aged really really quickly after 2016 you know 2013 it came out in 2013 yeah But oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, still it's, a. It's it, no. It, it's interesting because it's a good movie and like it's a fun va- baseball movie in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy watching it, but yeah, some of that stuff is aged. Yeah, it's aged super. And, yeah. and it it uh, it also steals a lot from uh, justifiably so. It steals a lot from the Jackie Robinson story, the the movie that Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson. Ran. There are some scenes and that are almost mm-hmm. directly from it. Um, and the Jackie Robinson story is way worse. I will tell you that. Like, <laughs> it is a really bad movie. Jackie Robinson is a bad actor. Like, just oh, God. as far as incredible baseball, incredible human being, incredible baseball player. We'll let Chadwick Boseman, may he rest just, in peace, do the acting. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Anyways, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, we can we can move forward from the movies. And I would like to ask you, Chelsea. Have you ever seen a ghost or experienced something that you otherwise could not explain? Yes. <gasps> Tell me everything, Chelsea. Tell me everything. <laughs> Nobody has said yes. Tell me everything. There is no detail that is going to bore me. Um. Well, let's see here. My After my grandpa passed away, my dad was in our bathroom upstairs at our house and he had a crucifix given to him and he went to put it on. And when he did, the crucifix actually fell. It never hit the ground. Like, we never, like we never found it. Um, and then wait, it, uh, it dropped and he never heard it hit the ground. He never heard it. Nobody. Hit the ground. Yeah. It was really weird. Like he, he was just like, uh girls like to me and my mom he was like can y'all help me find this and we couldn't find it like we never found it and that's been 17 oh my God. um so then Whoa. my i was a uh, going into my junior year of high school and my ceiling fan at the time had a touch like a touch where you could just touch it on the side of the wall and it would turn on and yeah yeah I kept it off at the time. Like I can't sleep without a fan on now, but back then I could, it was really weird. Um, so I was in, up in the middle of the night watching TV one summer and my ceiling fan turned on by itself and it had to, you had to tap the touch screen for it to actually turn on. And so I screamed bloody murder and made <laughs> sleep with me the rest of the night because I oh could, my God. I was terrified. But I mean, that could have been faulty wiring. My dad did put the ceiling fan up so it could lay on my dad's hands. Sure. But I will never forget that. And it scared the living bejesus out of me. Like that 
I could not go to sleep. Like my mom was like, Chelsea, you've got to go to sleep. And I was like, Mm-mm, nope. Like I slept, oh I made her sleep with the lights on. Ghost seems like the most plausible explanation here. Dude, so. especially that crucifix story. That's freaking that crazy. Will always, that'll stay with me forever. That's wild. That's like, see, that's those moments where you're just like, uh, I don't know what just happened. And it was like right after my grandpa was buried. So like we, we always co and we always put those two into. Yeah. Together. So but yeah. Oh my God. Really- that's wild. That's great. That is so wonderful because everyone has always been like, no, no ghost for me. Literally Next every question. single one. I've and tried to it. write a supernatural book. So like I, I'm always like, That's wonderful. It's real. It. We yeah. have no, we've had a couple like, uh, Mikey had like sort of a story. Yeah. Jake had, a weird, like, had a weird story, but not, none of them were like specific. Like I definitely no. saw a ghost. Yeah. And most of them, no, the nose just seemed like, Unintentionally condescending sometimes. <laughs> a ghost. Oh, yeah, like, I know. No. Ghost, what, are you, what are you crazy? Look, no, I just want to have fun. I have questions behind me. Whatever. Um, Whatever. Anyways. Oh so go ahead. Uh has there ever been a time uh moving in the opposite direction from ghosts and creepy things we can't we can't explain? Is there ever been a time where you have just laughed stupidly hard about something? Yes. Yes. It can be like, you know, <laughs> anything does not have to be a good story. This just shows how my humor is really, really stupid because we were at a UK basketball game when I was like a junior in high school and it was at ha- halftime and they had the mascot out and the cheerleaders, but then I brought this inflatable wildcat out. Like it, there was, it was just like there was a person in it, but it was like inflatable. Like, so they were doing all their stuff and it just started deflating. And I, I lost it. Like, I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. Like, I was in tears. And like, we were surrounded by all these UK fans. And I was just like, my mom was like, Chelsea, stop. And I was like, I can't. It was like, I can't. It's like take it off. I can't. It was Chelsea. Stop laughing. I can't. <laughs> so and that 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 is one of the key to the, to those types of stories is when you're not supposed to be laughing. Yeah. It's like it's like when somebody like farts in church, and like actually like, that's also I almost went with that story. We I was at a wedding, yes. and there was a couple behind us that had like a two year old, and she kept go, she the two year old just went buck wild. In that diaper, like, and like, the entire time the, the oh, no. stuff was trying to get married, like, we couldn't stop laughing. Like, our entire pew was shaking because everyone was laughing. And like, <laughs> was the best man at this wedding, and he just kept looking at us, like, stop. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so and bad. I have, I have heard those two year old dumps too. And like, <laughs> they're rarely like when they're when they're big they're big like yeah. you and man when when kids get to be like two or three right before they start potty training they start having these like diapers where you're just like you change the diaper and you're just like this looks like a 40 year old alcoholic after a weekend bender <laughs> like what is this and like and it sounds that way when it's when it's happening to you're like oh god so um, that during a wedding, that sounds hilarious. Man. Farts are always funny. I I guarantee you, you go in a time machine to ancient Greece and you like Aristophanes is sitting there like giggling about farts or whatever. It, like, yeah. It really farts and people falling down. 
Farts <laughs> and people falling down will be funny forever. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, I would like yeah. to uh, pivot to the final little section of our podcast, a uh, little thing we call the full count, in which we will ask you three and two. We will ask you for a recommendation in each of five categories. No boy. Three plus two um, is five. Clear yes. Yes. <laughs> we we just want you to say we're clever. Um, You're so clever. Oh, thank you. I wasn't fishing for that. Um, first <laughs> category in which we would like a recommendation is a book. What is a book that you would recommend? And again, I want to preface this by saying these do not have to be super interesting or unique or obscure recommendations. If you want to say like I strongly recommend you read, you know. I would say the Lord of the Rings. It's the greatest book ever written in the it English is. language. It's, it, it absolutely it, is. It is. Thank you. Greatest book ever written in the English language ever. But anyways, so it does, like I said, it does not have to be super clever or unique or anything. First thing that pops um, in your head. The Betrayal. It's on the 1919 World Series and mm. Black Sox. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Of these, we do actually post all these in the notes. Yes. So. we Yeah, we will. We will post these. Um, that's interesting. What's what is it? Um, it's from it's from yeah. start to finish. It goes through the hearings and everything. So it's I've read it like multiple times. It's actually on my bookshelf with that sounded really country, but it's on the bookshelf with my <laughs> Harry Potter books. So very nice. Mm-hmm. It's, that it's must very, mean it's important if it's with the Harry Potter books. It is very important. It's with my uh, nineteen. 19- 80s Mets book up there too. <laughs> Very cool. Hodgepodge um, of books up there. Uh, recommendation number two: food, any kind of food item, meal, ingredient, restaurant, mm. uh, anything related therein. Vodka pasta. Vodka. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like a vodka sauce. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah, it's good vodka good. sauces. Can't go wrong with like a penne alla vodka, that's for no. sure. Yeah, man. That's good. Toss some shrimp in there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, man. Better to get at a restaurant. I've never been able to make a vodka sauce. I've tried a couple well. times, and you're right. It never quite comes out. Because you got to get yeah. the blending yeah. of the tomatoes is really like to get that consistency yeah. is difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, next recommendation, movies and or TV. Um, probably for movies, I would say the final season, it's a baseball movie, but it's like chopped up really badly on Amazon prime to the point, like it's one of my boyfriend's favorite baseball movies because it is about a baseball team in a school that's actually going to be merged into another school, which happened to him his senior year. Like he was the last, um, baseball team and senior class of a school before they went to a bigger like they merged Mm. three high schools here locally which he teaches there now but at the time it was very emotional and all that but it's about a baseball team that has won state like so many times and they actually go to state in the game and they're trying to save their school and sean astin is in it he's their coach Mm. um yeah i was just looking it up michael aragano or whatever he's in sky high in it yeah it's very good, but Amazon Prime, like they they literally chopped out scenes. Like Kaylin and I watched it one night because 
I mean, we have it, but we just wanted to see what it looked like on Amazon Prime. And they miss half of the important scene. So if you want to watch it, I would suggest like trying to rent it from somewhere besides Amazon Prime because it's so bad on there. I have never heard of this movie, but I'm look- I-, I just looked it up. And it's really good. It makes me yeah. Cry. You, Sean Astin's in it. Tom Arnold's in it. Powers yeah. Booth. Um, it was uh, uh, directed by David Mickey Evans, who uh, wrote and directed The Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, based on a true story. So, can you stick that mm-hmm. uh, that link in the chat real quick? The what? Is that an IMDb link you got? Right oh, there? I was I was just looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh yeah i've never heard of this movie at all before but like it's really good clearly it yeah, that's gonna be was a, a relatively big movie like i met tom arnold once by the way oh my god the story nicest celebrity i've ever met that's amazing i was kind of hoping you were going to say that you met sean astin but it went the other no way. i would have loved to have met sean astin uh no i um when i worked at a, a tv station in baltimore we had um that this sounds like a humble bracket is very much not. We had like D list celebrities roll through all the time who would do spots on the news or whatever, promote some comedy gig they've gotten town in Baltimore or whatever. And we had Tom Arnold come in one time and he was just the nicest guy ever. He took pictures with people. And when he was done, um, like when people were done taking pictures, he stopped and was like, everyone good. Anybody else want any other pictures? And we were like, Oh no, we're good. He's like, okay, cool. Thank you guys so much. And you guys have a great day and left. And I, I, that, that was super nice because we've had so many celebrities would come in. And if you asked them to take a picture, it was like a burden. Mm. You're like, I guess if I have to like, I had, I had a, one of our security guys like bullied Ray Lewis into taking a picture with me. Oh my god! Time. It was, it was the most awkward thing ever. He came in, do a quick spot on the news. I'm down there in the lobby, hoping to get a picture with him. He goes to leave, and we're like, "Hey, Ray, you know, mind if we get a p- quick picture with you?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, sorry, man. I got, or this. I should preface this: the security guy knew Ray Lewis from a previous gig. Security guy did security for Ray at another gig. It was like, yeah, yeah, I know Ray. I'll, yeah, I'll get a picture with you. So Ray's trying to leave." And the security guy's like, hey, man, these these guys want a quick picture with you. And Ray's like, oh, I, I'm really sorry, man. I got to get out of here. I got somewhere I got to be. And me and my friend are like, cool, no problem. Like, you're Ray Lewis. You're very strong. Maybe killed somebody. We're not going <laughs> to <Sure> argue. <laughs> not going to argue wrong, with you. Wrong guy. Wrong guy to try. Like, totally cool. Totally cool. You got somewhere to be. You're busy. Fine. And the security guy's, security guy's like, no, nah, no, nah, Ray. It'll just take a second. It'll just take a second. And Ray Lewis is like, no, 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 I, I, I gotta go. I, I really gotta go. And we're like looking at the security guy, like, dude, like it's okay. <laughs> and he go, he looked. The security guy looks at Ray and goes, Ray, it'll only take a second. See, and Ray and Ray Lewis is like, all right, all right, fine, as long as it's quick. That's and, so brilliant, though. I, and <laughs> I was just like, he's gonna, like, he's, we're making him mad. I don't want to make him mad. He, he, like, is well known for hurting people. Like, like, and, and we took a picture with him, and I put my hand on his back during the picture, and the man was built like a house, like just pure muscle. It was so That's scary. Funny. But I just, this whole time, he's just like, Ray. 
I want to get on that level with like a celebrity or be good enough friends with like a celebrity or an athlete where I can be like in public, be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a jerk to you because I know I can get away with it. (laughs) Oh, I don't even, I don't even think the security guy (laughs) knew. Jerk is the wrong word. No, no, no. I know what you mean. But like, I don't even think the security guy knew Ray all that well. They like (laughs) vaguely knew each other. I think he just did not care. He was just like this guy in his fifties who just like, did not care who you were yeah and just like (laughs) it was weird it was wild but anyways (laughs) second to last recommendation zach uh second to last music pretty straightforward what you got in the way of music for us um i'm a big joy division echo and the bunny men um that is that (laughs) can i tell you that that is like the last thing i expected you to say like i'm not trying i'm not trying to stereotype I, i i wasn't I wasn't going to say, like, I expected you to say country. I wasn't going to say that. But I kind of expect you to say country. And to say Joy Division and Echo and the Bunnymen, like Sushi yeah. and the Banshees. Sushi yes. and the Banshees. Amazing. This is <laughs> – I did not expect I, you to be a big post-punk is, fan. Oh, yeah. That is my soft spot. I'm also a big blues girl. Cap Calloway, Snooks Eaglin, you know, Memphis okay. Mini. Yeah, I'm – I'm across the board. I'm, yeah, it's I love that. Yeah. So what's the best? I'm not going to ask you to pick one of those. What's the best um, live show you've ever seen? Motley Crue, probably, or Alice Cooper, who opened up for Motley Crue. Great shows. Oh, both of them, I'm sure, put on an incredible. Did Motley Crue spin Tommy Lee around in a drum cage? They did. It was at the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god, of course that's a venue in Is that in, Lu- is that in Louisville? Uh, yep, that in Louisville. I love that. Not, that's that great. <laughs> formerly the Papa John's Arena, right? Am I making that up or is that a different place? I think it's a different place. No. I think, <laughs> I think I'm not uh, I, you know, yeah, KFC, Papa John's, whatever. Molly <laughs> Crew would be an incredible a, show yeah. to see. Um though I, I I would be terrified watching Mick Mars out there cuz he just he stands there and he plays guitar and he's just so Fragile. justifiably stiff. Like he has yes. like a medical condition. Like his, his spine is like fused together fused or whatever. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. But like uh, he Papa just John's has the has the, the football stadium for the university yes, of Louisville. Okay. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Well, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Um but no, that's man, I'm so like shocked that uh, so Joy Division of their two albums, which one's your favorite? Unknown Pleasures. Mm-hmm. Good choice. That's a good choice. That's oh, yeah. Man, that's yeah. are you a New Order you fan? A with, I love uh, New Order. So say everyone's got Fairmont a T-shirt. Is with, my uh, favorite. Yeah, everyone has a Joy Division T-shirt, and it's yeah. like, come on! I hate to be that person, but name three <laughs> songs. Right, right. The love will tear us apart. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is a great song. It's um, great. That's that's amazing. I love that. Um, okay, last last category. My favorite category. Miscellaneous, mm-hmm. anything from your life, a a practice, a gadget, a thing you do, literally a place to go, literally anything from your life that you would recommend to other people. And I have found it is the first thing that pops in your head, no matter how dumb you might think it is. Uh, I would recommend if you are near the ocean, waking up and seeing the, the sunrise at least mm. once in your life. Oh, mm. yes. Mm. Fantastic. 
fantastic. That is, that is, I will tell you as somebody who might, so my in-laws have a, uh, a tiny little condo right on the beach in ocean city, Maryland and getting up when we go there for a weekend, getting up early on a Saturday and it's like seven in the morning and having some coffee mm-hmm. on the balcony. It's it's nice. It's, it's real nice. Heaven to me. Do you have any particular like member for it? I definitely have some thoughts about that. But do you have any like memories in particular? Or is there one or two times that just like makes you think like, wow, that's just such a the, made that like a. I don't know. Why why is that memorable to you specifically? My parents and I, we spent like almost every summer in Panama City Beach, Florida when I was little. And um, I didn't get to go for a while just because of life, the divorce, the dog passing away, just jobs. And last fall, I got to go with my boyfriend, Kaylin. So it was was a long time coming um we had went to a a wedding in Alabama and then we just were like an hour away so we just stayed the week he was on fall break from school and middle school baseball had already ended so we on our last day I was like you know what I want us to get up even if we are exhausted we are going to get up and we're going to watch the sunrise and we did and honestly that was that was very memorable and it, it brought back a lot of memories from when I was little and able to do it with my parents. So it's, it's definitely a nostalgic thing for me, but it was cool to make a new memory with and in adulthood with, with Kaylin. I strongly second that recommendation. That's a great recommendation. There's just, there's something about sun coming over water too. I'll plug the Midwest here too, being on the Western shore of Lake Michigan, Chicago. Mm that's something you can that's it's a tradition at least i don't think i have the stamina for this anymore post pandemic but like when we were teenagers it would always be a thing if you could be out like on the weekends and you could stay up long enough to go to the lake and watch the sunrise you know and it's just there's no i don't know it's just such a distinctive feeling of serenity watching the sun poke its head up in the rays kind of come and hit your face and spread all across the water no matter where you are in the world it's still that's yeah as far as miscellaneous, man, we've really the miscellaneous recommendations the last Tell couple you, weeks I've got to say are killing it. <laughs> it's a great. Someone, someone Kim recommended Tinder last week, but like not oh. just for, but like for just as as a way of socially adjusting and also yeah. becoming comfortable with yourself and your self presentation and all these other things that were really like incredibly thoughtful. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. It's miscellaneous is my favorite because everyone (laughs) everyone gets intimidated by miscellaneous and then they always give up a great answer. So it's it's wonderful. But anyways, we are coming over the two hour mark. It has been a wonderful conversation, Chelsea. Uh, I would like to thank you so much for I didn't do this at the top of the show and I should have. But thank you so much (laughs) for being here on the show. You are wonderful you are a joy of a human being and it was great having you here so well, I'm, I'm glad we could finally make it happen yes i'm i'm thrilled that we were able to too <laughs> that's just, this is great it's been a long time coming uh for, for the listeners this has been in the works for a while now so uh, i'm really glad we were able to do this but uh, yes thank you so much for being here on the show and we really appreciate it well thank you guys for having me until next time, Until be safe next time. Now.